These are the tribulations of Paulette. something in the air and I can already tell it's going to be an insane day. My husband Dave, who's currently out of a job, has brought the kids to school so I can nurse the herniated disc in my neck, which I got from a bout with the intruder, my overeager vibrator. Japanese acupuncture sessions with Marty Feldman have been kind of effective, although expensive. It's going to be hard to justify continuing with Marty at a hundred bucks an hour with Dave out of work and me with no income. Thanks to Dave's connection at the Patriots, Biscuit and I still have an appointment to present her homemade deodorant to the team, although I'm a little nervous that they'll find it way too messy to endorse. I mean, who wants to apply deodorant with a trowel? We have to think that part out. In the meantime, Biscuit keeps making buckets of the stuff, storing it in her basement. If worse comes to worse, we can hock it as drywall. As I go downstairs to get myself a cup of coffee, I notice our crazy calico cat, Rosemary, on the windowsill, staring at something outside. I walk over to see what she's looking at, and as I do, I notice that she has a big dribble of green liquid oozing from the corner of her mouth. As I take a Kleenex to dab it away, she howls in pain and runs. Uh-oh. Looks like we need an emergency trip to METCH, my acronym for the most expensive cat hospital in Boston. First, I need a cup of coffee. When I open the refrigerator to get the lactose-slash-fat-free half-and-half, a blast of hot air hits me in the face, along with a smell that I can't quite place. Something is very, very wrong. Apparently, there's been an explosion. Every single item in my very full refrigerator is covered, covered with a two-inch coating of, can it be, melted butter? I reach up to the top shelf where I put the 10-pound box of Lando Lakes I picked up on sale at Costco a couple of nights ago. It folds like hot wax in my grasp. Empty. Rivulets of yellow butter cascade like a waterfall down the shelves. Huge clumps of half-melted sticks fall like greasy water balloons onto the kitchen floor, exploding on impact. Ten minutes later, Dave comes back from kid drop-off and finds me in tears, bent over the sink, washing butter off a bottle of Thai fish sauce. What the hell happened, he asks, looking around. There's something wrong with the refrigerator, I sob. It's about 200 degrees in there, and the butter I bought at Costco melted all over everything. Look at this awful mess. I've been telling you for years that we have way too many condiments, Dave says. Wrong time to bring that up, I say. Well, how will you ever get this cleaned up, he says. That's where you come in, I say, handing him the fish sauce. As I turn away, I slide in a slick puddle into an unintended forward lunge on the floor. I sob harder. My neck is killing me. Dave steps over to examine the fridge. He figures out that the halogen lights stayed on all night. They don't go off when you shut the door, he says. 
Must be something wrong with the switch. I'll call Pat right now, I say. Don't call Pat, for Christ's sake. He's too expensive, and we end up paying for him to use the bathroom every time he's here. I can fix this. Household manager Dave heads to the basement to find his toolbox. Somewhere in the house, I hear a howl from Rosemarie. I yell down to Dave to bring up the cat crate. Where are you going with this, he asks, planting it on the floor. I think Rosemarie has something wrong with her tooth, I say. That cat has always had the worst breath I've ever smelled, Dave says. Where are you going to take her? I called Metch, and they'll see her right away. Sure they will, Dave says. That ought to run about a thousand bucks. Will you please stop, I say. Listen, Paulette, Dave says. Maybe it's good that I'm going to be home for a while. It seems like things may have gotten a little out of control here from the business sense. I'm going to get us back on track. Gee, thanks for that observation, household manager Dave. Let's see how much time you have between carpool, laundry, grocery shopping, and making meals to have a go at home microeconomics. top of everything else, I'm supposed to get my roots done today. I call my hairdresser, Hal, and move the appointment up two hours. Then I spend 15 minutes looking for Rosemarie so I can get her into the crate, which is not as easy as it sounds. When Dave asks if I want him to come with me, I say, no, I can handle it. I'll text you if it goes long because I need to get my hair done. You might need to step in. What's wrong with your hair, Dave asks. What's wrong with your eyes, I ask. Haven't you seen the two inches of gray roots? I'm going longer and longer between appointments to save money. Eh, it looks fine, Dave says, but my reflection in the hall mirror screams Yvonne DiCarlo. ride to the vet is literally hell on wheels. Rosemarie can't stand to be enclosed and immediately starts to scream and scratch wildly at the crate door. By the time we reach the most expensive cat hospital in Boston, her little claws are bloody and we're both panting from exhaustion. I check in and sit in the waiting area, watching people come and go with their cats. Each person meets the same fate at the register. They get an outrageous bill that they can't believe. Excuse me, 300 bucks for a well cat visit, one guy asks the receptionist. Well, the cat needed lab work to make sure it's all right, she says. He's six months old, the guy says, as he pays the bill and turns to look for support to the rest of us waiting. We all look at our shoes. Finally, it's Rosemarie's turn. The vet pries her mouth open, and as he touches her large upper canine tooth, it falls out in his hand, followed by a stream of green slime. The cat and I howl in unison. <coughs> the smell is enough to knock you over. Rosemarie needs immediate dental surgery, he says. She has feline odontoclastic resorptive lesions. It's very common among cats, and it's extremely painful. 
She's probably had it for a while and has done a really good job at hiding it. The cat scratches frantically to try to get back into her crate, her least favorite place. The vet pets her and looks at me kindly. She's going to lose most of her teeth, he says. If you're willing to proceed, we'll start with lab work and x-rays, which we can do right now while you're here. We'll send you home with pain medication for her. You can pick that up and schedule the surgery out front. He picks Rosemarie up and takes her away for the x-rays. Back out front, I reclaim my waiting room seat. No use texting Dave about the situation. He'd probably tell me to have the cat put down. And after we lost Schultze last year, the kids were so upset, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Finally, they come out with a subdued Rosemarie back in the crate. I stand to get in the checkout line. As I do, I notice that there are cards everywhere announcing that this practice is now owned by something called Veterinary Services of America. Quickly, I Google the name. Hmm, looks like a Wall Street company. I bet the most expensive cat hospital is going to get a lot more expensive really soon. Back at home, Dave meets me in the kitchen. Giving credit where credit is due, I compliment him on his cleaning job. He beams. Then he announces that he has a temporary fix for the refrigerator. Before you close the door, you need to run a butter knife into the top of the door hinge. That'll help make sure the interior light goes off. Every time, I ask? This is crazy. Along with the kids, I open and close that door hundreds of times a day. Every time, Dave says. I notice that he's wearing blue rubber gloves. What's with the gloves, I ask? Come with me, he says, and I follow him into the dining room. The chairs and floor are covered with towels. A cup of hot tea, a star magazine, and my iPad are artfully arranged on the table. What's all this, I ask? Welcome to your new home salon, he says. No, I say, this can't be happening. While you were gone, I picked up a tube of your color from Hal, and he showed me how to put it in. You can wash it out in the shower. Hal gave you my hair color? He sold it to me for 25 bucks when I told him we had a sit cat and you couldn't leave the house. I mean, you usually give him 100 bucks, right? 25 bucks, Dave says right here, and he pats the chair. It's going to be great. I sigh, sit down, and against every instinct of my very being, I allow household manager Dave to do my roots. Between this and the refrigerator, I may never leave the house again. This is Eric Fontana. It's raining cats and dogs. Till then, ta-ta.